uh, a couple of men said that, uh, hey, the women have a meeting. We don't have a meeting. We'd like a meeting, too. So uh, if that's of interest to you, you let me know, because we've had a, a, a few men have said they'd be interested in a meeting, maybe once a month, maybe uh, two times a month. Let me know if that's of interest to you, and if we have four or five men, we'll probably have a, a small group for guys meeting uh, once or twice a month. So you look like you're about ready to say something. I don't want anyone showing up at my house and I'm not there. So the women's group is taking a little break because of 4th of July and I am having a vacation um, out of town company at my house. So 18th of July. Come back with, we're going to kind of, the Lord's laid something new. We've got a new vision for what we want that time to be. Um, God is so much more interested in our character than our accomplishments. So therefore, in order to refine our character, we need to be in his presence. So we are looking to get deep into his presence and soak in his presence. So come with that in mind. We meet at my house. If you want to eat with us, bring something along to share. From 5.30 to 6.30 we'll eat, and then we want to take some serious time to soak. Thanks. Okay, guys, you heard what they're going to do. What are we going to do? They're going to soak. We're going to do something. Yeah, we'll soak. <laughs> okay, Brother Bob, come on up here. We're blessed often by Bob as he brings messages, as he ministers to us. We're grateful, Father, for our brother. We're grateful for what you have done in his life. And we say, keep doing it. Keep pouring your life into him because he has already determined that he's going to give it all away. He's not going to hold back. As you give to him, he's going to give out. So even this morning as he teaches, would you give to him? We bless you, Bob. We say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We appreciate you. We appreciate the steps that you have taken, the way you've honored the Lord, and we bless what you have for us today. We receive. Didn't he have Babe the Blue Ox? Oh, that was Paul. Okay, okay. Different, different guy, different guy. Okay, that was my first joke of the day. Okay, on a little more serious note, the subject today is inner healing prayer, and I believe it's one of the most important ministries that the body of Christ needs now, because most people that I meet are broken. Some are somewhat broken, some are incredibly broken, and that affects their ability to connect with God and connect with others in a way that really is emotionally satisfying and healthy and intimate. I'm going to start by sharing a story of uh, my own experience. I've been going through the healing process for 10 years. I come from a very broken background, and God has taught me a lot as I've been walking this out. It has taken me a long time to work on rebuilding trust. Mine was deeply betrayed by both mom and dad. 
I also had friends that really hurt me by rejecting me when I became more vulnerable. My heart closed on its own to protect itself. It wasn't a conscious decision. I have gradually been taking risks in my relationships with people who seem safe and care for me. It can be terrifying at times to allow myself to be exposed and loved in a deep way. But I know I will not be the whole person God wants me to be unless I allow all of myself to be loved and exposed to people, even the parts I am ashamed of. God God designed us to not have all our needs, needs met in him. I'll say that again. God designed us to not have all our needs met in him. He said regarding Adam, it is not good that man be alone. Yet Adam was with God. He delegated certain emotional and relational needs to be met through mom, dad, siblings, and spouse. He sets the lonely in families. Psalm 68, 6. It is very important to God that we have deep relationships and intimacy with one another. He is a God of love after all. But he respects the process of rebuilding trust most of us must go through to have those deep quality relationships. My healing needs to happen in his time, not in my time. And people need to respect that. I've been meeting with a a, a couple named the Melanders, David and Audrey, and some of you might know them. I know, Paul, you know them. I had a, a powerful experience with them a few weeks ago. Uh, They really love me deeply. They express their love by making me dinner, spending quality time with me, being vulnerable with me, opening up their hearts to me, affectionate touch, verbal blessing, speaking into my life and doing healing ministry. My heart has gradually been opening up to them. I'm building trust bit by bit. There is a specific parent-child trust I am working to develop. My heart was able to trust in a deeper way recently. A memory came up. I was around two years old when my mom abandoned me. I remember crying in terror, and she never came. She left me strapped in a car seat in my bedroom. I cried until my voice was spent. I was alone with my brother, who was 11 months older than I, also wailing. I knew the emotional pain connected to this memory was buried deep in my being, but part of me was protecting my consciousness from experiencing it. We asked Jesus to help that part of me trust him, part of me to trust him that was holding it back. And I felt God's tender presence fall on me and my guard went down. I felt less self-conscious with my emotions and was able to weep a little more, I started to connect with the deep fear and pain associated with the memory. An awareness awakened in me where I knew my mother closed her heart to me during that time and there was an emotional separation between us. She had rejected me in her heart. She didn't want to take care of me anymore. When this happened, I felt a physical manifestation of pain right here, in my chest. David said through prophetic revelation, 
He's very prophetic. My mom had gone crazy due to too much emotional stress. She's a very broken person and intended to abandon me and my brother. It was some of the deepest pain I'd ever felt. Audrey, David's wife, asked if she wanted me to have her sit by me during this time. I nodded like a needy two-year-old, and she comforted me as only a mother can, tenderly holding my hand, speaking words of love to me, and I wept more bitterly, or I should say more deeply. A profound thing happened. I was actually able to let my guard down and receive a mother's comfort in a way I never could before. I see that as a profound breakthrough. My mom was never able to do that for me. I was very afraid of her. I wouldn't let her in that deep as she betrayed my heart too many times. For the first time in my life, when I was about to leave the Melander's house, I felt a pull in my heart to stay. I felt like I wanted to move in there. I had never felt this way about anyone's house or family before, including the one I grew up in. I felt so safe, so understood and loved, like this was my home where I would feel special, I would be understood, and my needs would be met. Over the past 10 years of emotional healing, God has finally brought me to a point where I could receive the love of a family in a deep way. I don't suppose I ever felt I really belonged in a special way to anyone before, but now I do. I think true family is the greatest gift we can have in this world apart from a saving relationship with the Lord. Thank you. Now just let me ask you some questions. Is it hard for you to be vulnerable with others? Do you have a fear of rejection that keeps you at arm's length with others? Is it hard for you to give or receive love from others in a deep way? Do you get anxious when you are around other people? Do you always feel isolated whether you're with people or not? If you say yes to any of these questions, then you need deep inner healing. In Isaiah 61, chapter 1, it says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. This is referring to Jesus. It's a messianic prophecy. One of Jesus' main objectives when he comes to our lives and brings salvation is to tend to our broken hearts. He wants to bind the brokenhearted. Psalm 34:18 The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God is attracted to our pain. God wants to comfort us in our pain. Yeah, definitely. 2 Corinthians 1:8 Paul is writing the mighty apostle Paul who turned the world upside down, is writing. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired even of life. The mighty Apostle Paul got to a point where he despaired of life. You could call that emotional pain. You could call that oppression. You could call that hardship. You could call that deep suffering. 
He continues, indeed, our heart, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death. We felt the sentence of death in our hearts. It's something beyond just external circumstances. It's something that, whatever it was, affected his heart in such a way, his emotional quality of being, that he despaired of life. He thought he might be better off dead than alive. But then he goes on to say, but this happened, that we might not rely on ourselves, but on God, who raises the dead. So that huge pressure, that emotional strain on him brought him to a place, to the end of himself, where he was able to find God, God's comfort, God's support, God's love, God's faithfulness. Matthew 5, 4 says, Blessed are they that mourn, for they will be comforted. If you mourn, You've been hurt. You suffered. You have pain. God says, through his son Jesus in this text, you're going to be comforted. That's a guarantee. If you mourn, God's going to come to you and he's going to comfort you because he cares so much about how you feel. He cares so much about your pain. And he wants to bond with you and support you and be a safe place for you in your suffering. Like the Apostle Paul, I'm learning to rely on God when I despair of life. When emotional pain from the past comes to the surface in an overwhelming way, what do I do with it? I, I give it to the Lord. I bring my suffering to Him. Paul says, I want to know the power of His resurrection. He also says, I want to know the fellowship of His suffering. He was despised, rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Is it unchristian to suffer? Is it unchristian to have grief? Well, if Jesus experienced it in a deep way, maybe, maybe it's not something to be ashamed of. Maybe it's something that's pretty normal in a broken world. And maybe we have to come to a place where we can be more vulnerable with it and accept each other in our brokenness and, and love and support each other. In our brokenness. Second Corinthians chapter one verses three through four. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He's the God who wants to bring us comfort. He's a relational God. He doesn't just want us to believe in him. He wants us to encounter him. He wants us to experience his grace and compassion and healing power. Romans 5, 5 says that the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. This is an intimacy. This is an emotional reality that God wants to bring us to. The God of all comfort who comforts us in all of our troubles. It doesn't say just the ones where somebody else hurt you. All of our troubles, even the ones where I made a mistake and now I'm hurting and we all make mistakes. We all, we all get hurt because we do things we shouldn't to one degree or another. And God is not ashamed of us. He's not repelled by us. He wants to come and help us. Right? Some of us have made bad mistakes in romantic relationships. And we're ashamed. But in all of our troubles, God wants to comfort us even if we did something we shouldn't have done because he loves us that much. Then he goes on to say, so that we can comfort those in any trouble 
with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Okay, so there's a, there's a transition of comfort here. And it seems that what Paul is saying is, if you have encountered God in such a way where he has comforted you in your suffering, in your sorrow, your tribulation, in your brokenness, and it's brought healing and transformation, that now you have power and authority to release that supernatural comfort that ministered to you to others who are suffering. That seems to be what the scripture is saying here. And I've found in my life, the more I have processed my brokenness and allowed God to touch these tender areas of my heart, the more I am able to minister to others. And I do this usually multiple times a week. I'll meet with people and God will bring things to the surface and sometimes people will weep and they'll feel the tender heart of God. They'll share things they've never shared with anybody before and God will meet with them. People who are so bound up, who are afraid, who are looking to find their value through performance, all that junk starts to get unraveled and exposed in God's love and they're able just to be themselves, their broken, lonely selves and realize that their broken, lonely selves are worth loving and affirming and when they get that love and that comfort, it speaks into their true identity and things start to change. So what are some causes for emotional pain? Rejection from a friend, spouse, a parent, death. You lose a parent, divorce, emotional abuse, neglect. Out of all of these, childhood pain has the deepest impact on your heart. Parental neglect and abuse causes the greatest damage to our hearts and identities. Unresolved childhood pain will toxify your adult life, darkening our emotions and damaging our relationships. Okay? Unresolved childhood pain will toxify our adult life, darkening our emotions and damaging our relationships. In John 10.10, it says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. The thief we're talking about is Satan, the adversary of our souls, the one who tries to kill us, destroy us, rob us, hinder us from the good things that God has for us. Powers of darkness exploit our brokenness by using fear of rejection, pain, and insecurity in people to cause more isolation. If you're a hurt person, you tend to get more hurt. It tends to have a compounding effect. This kind of brokenness causes much anger, which can spill into present tense relationships. We're talking past brokenness, um, causing a lot of anger in a person that may, remains unresolved. It spills into current relationships, compounding the rejection and fear of abandonment. People can get angry at each other, lose control, and hurt those they love. Anybody here ever done that before? Heard that done to you? That happens, right? We're Christians. It happens to us. When we lose control, sometimes other things take over and speak through us. James 3.6 says, remember James is writing to Christians here. It says, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Hell can heavily influence what comes out of our mouths and our words can cause 
others great damage. The power of life and death is in the tongue. So I really have to be careful with my tongue. And it's usually the people that we love most, that we can hurt the most, we get the most frustrated with, right? So God help us with our tongues. 1 Corinthians 3.9, we're talking now about we see the problem, we see the brokenness. How do we work with the Holy Spirit to address this issue in other people's lives? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 9 says, we are co-workers with God. That means we're working side by side with God for his kingdom purposes. And we're also working with his power in his love to bring kingdom transformation into people's lives and to people's hearts. So in order to see this kind of ministry take place, we really have to be connected with the Holy Spirit. When I do this kind of ministry with people, I like to ask God to bring a memory to the person I am praying with. A memory always comes up. Sometimes the people think, oh, there's, there's nothing to this memory. It's just, you know, whatever. And, but no, God knows what he's doing. Um, oftentimes people recall these memories purely intellectually, not at all emotionally, because the emotional pain or trauma is so buried deep within them. And when God brings a memory to the surface, it means now God's grace and power is there it's safe for them where they can start to deal with the emotional pain. Sometimes I'll, I'll ask the person, you know, can we let Jesus into this memory? Can we let the Lord's love come into this place? Can Jesus be our safe person here? And the Holy Spirit will just move and tenderize that area our heart and there are other times where that person wants to engage the memory as a 21 year old but it happened when they were a 7 year old and I'll say that part of you that's that 7 year old can you, can you connect to that, that part of who you are and just go back to that place in your mind in your heart and feel what that child felt and I'll see God bring the grace to, to bring that to that, them to that memory in the past where they can start to reconnect with the pain. And um, when there's an emotional connection, then you can see the power of God move to bring forth healing. But you really have to get that pain to the surface. So that fear has to be overcome. And the more safe and tender and gracious of a person you are, the easier it is going to be for people to be comfortable and vulnerable around you. Then, when we start dealing with the experience, I want to ask God, what lies did you believe from that experience? What lies did you believe about yourself, about others, about your parents, about God? Remember, the devil is the father of lies. He, his power comes in our lives through lies. When we believe lies, there, is our, there are strongholds in our lives. When we believe lies, and the lies that we believe often have emotional power to them. 
not just mental, but emotional power. So we need to ask the Holy Spirit to expose what lies we believed. There are foundational memories where lies entered our lives for the first time. God usually brings us to these because the root of the stronghold is buried there, and dealing with the root issue is the most effective way to break a stronghold. We may have experienced similar pain later on in life that feed the original lies. As the painful root memory experience is dealt with, the later experiences with the same theme will lose their power. We'll look at one of my memories, and we're just going to do a little, a little practice on this. So when I was around eight years old, I was in bed, and my mom was asleep. I became sick. My stomach became really uh, pain, I guess, uh, painful. It was just very painful. It felt really bad. I had to vomit. I knew I had to. And I, I started going to the bathroom, and I, I didn't quite make it. I was trying to go to the toilet. I didn't make it. And so I vomited on the carpet. Okay? Well, my mother hears what's going on. She wakes up, and she comes to me, not with comfort, not with grace, but with anger and judgment and criticism. Why didn't you make it to the toilet? You know, how could you do this? And I understand she's a broken person. She has to get up early for work tomorrow, but here's a little child that needs to be comforted, that needs to feel safe, that's really hurting, that's really suffering, and instead of alleviating that suffering and bringing comfort as a mother should do, she is compounding the suffering. Okay, so it was a pretty painful experience. And now I'm going to ask you this question. And anyone is free to answer because there are more, there's more than one answer here. So me as a little child experiences my mother harsh, rejecting, punishing me, blah, blah, blah. What kind of lies got embedded in my heart about my mom, about parenting, about my value, about my life? There. What did Satan put in me? through that experience. Anybody, throw it out. Throw it out there. I'm not worth it, okay? I don't deserve love. And it's, okay, okay. So I, I shouldn't expect love, right? Don't mess up. If I mess up, i got to be afraid, right? i got to be afraid. And if, I, if I'm suffering, if I inconvenience my mother through my suffering, what's going to happen? Pow! Like emotional pow, right? And that's the worst kind of pow, is emotional pow. I'm going to be punished and rejected. Okay, what else? Okay, yeah. So the carpet, her sleep, her convenience is more important than my emotional needs. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's a good one. Anything else? Okay, yeah. Yeah, as long as I make mom smile, maybe she'll give me attention and maybe she won't be nasty to me. But if I've got issues, oh, that's going to get ugly, right? She's just going to be mean to me. So we, I think we hit some good ones. Anybody else have any, any others they want to throw out there? Learn to play it safe. Yeah, learn to play it safe. Okay. That's good. So she's hitting something that was pretty powerful, false responsibility, right? That I'm responsible for my mother's emotions, my mother's anger, 
Okay. Yeah, I got to do it myself. I'm not going to get help. If I suffer, I don't deserve help. I'm not going to get help. Um, I'm not worth helping, and I have to do it all on my own. I have to internalize it, right? So all of those kind of things in one memory. Um, I wrote a list of these, and I, th I think we hit most of them. Um, I'll hit this one, too. I should be ashamed of myself if I am suffering. My mother's ashamed of me. She put shame on me for not making it to the toilet. She put shame on me for inconvenience her, inconveniencing her and, and waking her up. Okay? So what do I do? Number one, I forgive my mother for treating me that way. Don't let the sun go down in your anger lest Satan get a foothold. Okay? With 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 all these wounds, there tends to be anger um, that that even can be encapsulating the pain. Sometimes they use anger as a protector to try and uh, basically feel empowered, feel significant, and just even protect ourselves from being feeling vulnerable and weak. Because me as a child, boy, I felt vulnerable and weak there. I didn't have any support, and and I was just having my sense of value stripped away, you know, throughout my relationship with my mother. Well, I can't take credit, but thank you. I renounce these lies, okay? So I forget my mom. I renounce these lies. And you know what? Our parents represent ultimate authority, especially our father, but our mother too. And so I have to take this into my relationship with God, okay? So I've been progressively getting emotionally engaged with God. It's been really hard for me to receive from God because I, I couldn't receive from my mom. It's been really hard for me to come in my brokenness and in my pain and not be ashamed of myself because my mother put shame on me when I did something bad or inconvenient to her. So I have to take these memories and I have to realize this has affected and hindered my relationship with God. So I forgive my mother for misrepresenting God in these ways and I formally renounce the lie that God's going to punish me when I suffer, that... I'm going to be rejected by God if I express my suffering, that, that God's going to shame me if I do something that's not what he wants, and down the line I go. I renounce the lie that my pain is a burden to God. And I renounce the lie that my pain is a burden to other spiritual parents, things along those lines. Okay, now there's another step after that. I replace lies with truth. Okay, we can't just leave deficits, right? These areas of my life, my heart, were filled with something that was not a good something. Now we need to replace those lies with a good something from the Lord. So I'll ask the Holy Spirit, what is the truth? What is the truth of this little eight-year-old boy when he was in that experience? How did God want him to be treated? How would Jesus have treated him if he was there? Anybody? What's the truth here? How did God want me to be treated as that eight-year-old boy? Okay. I should have been loved. I should have been comforted. I hear something over there? Okay. So I should have received compassion and tenderness. Okay. It's, it's not a big deal. Okay. Okay. So I, I should have been comforted. God wanted me to be comforted instead of punished when I was suffering. Right? And, and you hit a point there, too, that actually suffering is an opportunity to bond with your child. 
or it's an opportunity to bond with somebody else, bond with God, right? So I have to renounce the lie that if I suffer, my relationship is going to be harmed or severed with my mom, with parental figures, with God, right? Any other truths? He would have he would have ran to me. Yeah, definitely. Okay, God takes responsibility. God is gracious. My mom was not. Okay, some of us came from families where grace was not not a word that was applicable to our experience. Okay, so for some of us, grace is pretty hard. For some of us, intimacy is pretty hard because we are so emotionally disconnected from our parents. They might have been moral. They might have had good character. But maybe we never knew their hearts. Maybe they were never able to really bond with us in an intimate, emotional way. And so identity and value and self-worth was not established because it's true intimate love from mom and dad that establish identity. It's not just good teaching and example. It's, it's that love relationship that establishes true value and identity. I asked Jesus to come into that memory. And sometimes you'll get a vision where you'll just see yourself there and you'll see him come. And there'll be a sweetness and a softness and you, you feel safe. All these memories, some of our lives where we never felt safe. And some of us still never feel safe. <laughs> we just don't because of all the pain that's, that's in us. But as Jesus comes from one memory to another and he just loves that part of us, he brings a sense of safety. And that displaces the anxiety and the fear and the isolation. And he says, it's okay and I love you. And that part of you, who you are, gets healed. And you see the fruit of that in how you can relate to others, relate to God, relate to yourself. It's like, for most of my life, I'd look in the mirror with disappointment, with dread, with uh, contempt, with shame. But I don't anymore. Okay, And I, I'm not saying that I'm fully healed because I'm not. But a lot of me is healed. And the way I relate to myself, my self-value, is way stronger than it used to be because God is healing and establishing my identity as a beloved son. Right? Thank you. Let's see. Now, sometimes memories are so traumatic that you have to deal with them more than one time. There's a memory um, that I... Uh, I have, I've had to deal with it like five times because it was incredibly traumatic. I'm not going to share it now, but uh, you have to realize this, this doesn't happen overnight. If you, ha if you have deep pain, deep brokenness, abandonment issues, usually it takes years. And it all depends. It all depends on you know how severe, how young were you when all this stuff kind of unfolded. But if you continue with the process... The hard process, the scary, risky process of being vulnerable with God and others and yourself and allowing the pain to come to the surface, it's not a picnic. It really is not a picnic. You have to be bold. You have to be a risk taker. You have to be willing not to try and escape. Um, a lot of people in our society and Christians, they just, they just try and escape their pain through ministry, right? Through even hyper-spirituality. And... Um, 
through media and on and it goes, those who are unsaved, they drown themselves in drugs and sex and media and other things. And not all media is bad, not all movies are bad, not all TV is bad, but we can have a wrong relationship with anything, right? If I have a wrong relationship with somebody in this room, it might be called codependence. That's an unhealthy relationship, right? So um, the level of our health, our emotional health, is going to be measured by what our relationships look like with people and how we steward things and how we steward our time and how we steward media, things along those lines. So I've, I've shared all that with you. And I would like to pray for some people. Anybody where this, this spoke to you, you say, I can identify to some degree with what you're saying, and I think I need this kind of ministry. And I know it might be scary to acknowledge that, hey, I'm kind of vulnerable here. Hey, I'm hurting, and, um, but I really need that love. I need that, that help. That there's, there's a risk there involved, and I'm going to ask you just to stand up. If you're willing to acknowledge I have unresolved hurt and I need God to touch me, would you be willing to stand up? I think this message applies to, to all of us at some point or another. I receive ministry the kind of ministry that he was describing and i think some of you would like to stand up but you're not you know sure if this is a safe place and i understand if that's difficult for you i just think bob nailed it this morning and really really struck at the heart of things and my feeling is that uh we need to be on the receiving end this morning and so I don't know if it would be easier for those of you. Uh, I'm going to just change it just a little bit, okay, Bob, if you don't mind. If you guys would sit down, and it might be easier for you to just to raise your hand and then others gather around because I think there are more. I, would raise, I, I feel like I have uh, been somewhat healed of the kind of things that he talked about and so I don't feel as need to be on the receiving end as I'd like to be on the giving end this morning. But I think that he touched areas that, that apply to all of us at some point. Wouldn't you agree to that? Wouldn't you agree? And that if, if you would be safe in all of us closing our eyes and then you just put your hand up and then, because I think the majority of us need, need to be on the receiving end today. But maybe some of us need just to be uh, giving rather than receiving. So uh, uh, I, I just feel that God's given Bob a remarkable ability to say things that touch at a deep personal level. Isn't that true? I mean, I was writing things down because there were things that were just, uh, just frankly brilliant. And uh, the purpose of that is to touch us in the heart, to, to allow us to, to go ahead and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need. So either, either I want you to be giving it away by praying for somebody else this morning or to be receiving it. And if you want to be on the receiving end this morning, just raise your hand, and, and then let's just uh, 
move around. If you want to be in the receiving end, keep your hand up until somebody's touching you. If you want to be in the receiving end this morning, put your, okay, that's better. Now move around until, un, until we're touching. And there's no shame. See, there's absolutely zero shame in being on the receiving end. We don't shame people in the military who get wounded, who get shot at. There's no shame in that. So we're not, we're not shaming anybody because you, you raise your hand. It's just the opposite. Those are the heroes, the people that step out and say, I'm in a place of need. I need help. I am not whole. I, I know I'm not whole. I know there are fears in my life that I wonder that make me feel puny because I, I haven't dealt with them yet. And I wonder why, why do I still struggle with these? So, okay. Anybody else that, that didn't raise their hand and still wants to raise your hand? Before we go ahead, okay. Yeah. I just wanted to mention also that you don't need to know even what it is that God is wanting to put his finger on this morning here to receive the prayer. Sometimes you're just aware the Spirit is touching in the middle of a message. You don't even know why you're supposed to respond. And the Holy Spirit will prophetically reveal to you what it is that he wants to touch as you just simply step out in faith. And so maybe the Lord was working on your heart. You felt something, but you didn't even know what it was to be connected to. The Holy Spirit will show you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would just uh, cause memories to come to the surface. Lord, things that we don't even know about or don't even have conscious perception of, that those would begin to rise to the surface right now and that you would begin to apply your healing touch. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray this. And I'm just going to pray over you. I encourage you just to pray and love and comfort those who've raised their hands I believe the spirit of God wants to gently and just lovingly touch some of us right now and in the spirit realm Satan is trying to pose this Satan is trying to hinder some of us from receiving what we need and what God has for us so right now in Jesus name I bind you spirit of fear I bind you shame I bind you fear of rejection. And Father, we just thank you that we don't have to be ashamed of ourselves for hurting. Father, we just renounce the lie that we deserve to be rejected if we're in pain. Some of us here felt really unwanted as, a, as children. We felt really untouched. And we're really lonely and we felt abandoned and some of us still feel that way. And God is just highlighting that in your heart right now. And I feel God is just saying to that little child part of you that you are loved, that you are special, that you are worth holding, that your emotions are important. You're not alone. God understands your needs and he wants to meet your needs. And some here are afraid of God. Some of us are afraid to be vulnerable with the Lord. And Father, we just forgive our parents where they didn't steward our hearts right, where they punished us for expressing our pain where they rejected us, God, where they verbally abused us, 
where they lost control. Father, we just forgive them for doing that and misrepresenting you, Lord. We just renounce the lie that that you don't want to be intimate with us and that you can't steward our emotions. Father, we renounce the lie that that our feelings aren't important to you. Some of you felt unloved all your life. Father, we just forgive our parents where they just couldn't give us the tender, intimate love that we so craved and needed as children. And because they couldn't give us that love, we just felt so unwanted. And we just embrace this false identity of unlovable. Lord, we just renounce the lie that we're unlovable, that we're undeserving of love, that nobody's going to love us. We just forgive our parents for misrepresenting you. And some here have never truly felt like they belonged because their parents couldn't give them that sense of belonging. And you never feel fully secure. You don't feel like you truly fit in, like you can truly be yourself and let the guard down. Lord, we just forgive our parents, those who cause us to feel unwanted, to make us feel like we don't belong, that we're we're not worth belonging, we're not worth being a part of a family. For those of us where family means pain, Lord, we just forgive our parents for where they fell short or the enemy hijacked them through their brokenness and, and brought great destruction in our family, in our hearts. Father, we just ask for grace for us to be able to take risks, to start to share our pain with each other, our struggles with each other in a deeper way with those who are safe. Lord, we ask that today would be a catalyst of deeper intimacy. That those who feel alone would just start to feel less and less alone, where they could be truly planted in family. That their hearts could truly be touched. Lord, we just ask for the guards around our hearts to melt away. Lord, you say that Jesus guards our hearts and minds. And we just choose to let you be the guardian of our hearts. We just renounce the lie that we can't let anybody in because they're just going to hurt us and abandon us or reject us. We renounce those lies. Father, I pray that you just nurture and touch starving hearts today. And as a pastor and leader, I want to say, please forgive those whom you had a right to trust, who were leaders, Christian leaders, who violated that trust. May the Lord release forgiveness in your heart or people that you had a right to trust. I pray that God will give you grace to, to forgive spouses to forgive a husband, to forgive a wife, where they misunderstood you, where they emotionally abused you, where they, where they took information and used it wrongly. They used it against you rather than 
for you. We release forgiveness for anybody in any situation where you had an expectation of trust and it was violated. We pray forgiveness and we pray forgiveness for you that rather than shame, you would feel forgiven where you have stepped over the line because others stepped over the line. May forgiveness come to you now as you acknowledge, yes, my responses weren't always right. We know that we're not responsible for what people do to us, but we are responsible for our responses. And if your responses led to anger or bitterness or resentment, it'd be good in your heart just to say, God, I am sorry for where I responded wrong because he will forgive you as well. Let grace flow. Let forgiveness flow. Let the blood of Jesus flow now as people also acknowledge any part that they played in the misery that they have experienced. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Satan, you can't touch God's beloved. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing can. So, Father, let your love now, let your love come into them in a fresh way. Holy Spirit, let your love be poured into them in a fresh way now. Healing love, comforting love. You just open your heart and let it come to you in the form of comfort, in the form of understanding. You are understood in heaven. Heaven understands you. You don't understand yourself, in fact, but heaven understands you. Heaven knows you. Heaven knows your personality. Heaven created you as you are, and you are a delight to heaven. You are a delight. The way you respond to life makes God glad. And so we bless who you truly are, that person that's being expressed more and more, that's receiving more and more grace, that's being continually healed, And it's a lie that you won't be healed more and more. Because in the days ahead, as you've opened up today, you're going to be more open, not more closed. You're going to be more open. You're going to receive more healing, more love. going to have more impact on others. And in fact, God is going to use the very pain that caused this. He's going to turn around the work of Satan and use you to comfort others in the way that You are being comforted now. We bless you today. We bless you. I just felt led to to say this, that that some of us believe deep down in our hearts, we feel this is real. If I screw up, if I make mistakes, God's going to reject me. And your relationship with God is fear-based. You're always trying to earn your place in His kingdom instead of being love-based, where you do Christian works because you feel loved, because you feel safe. So, Father, we just we just renounce the lie that you're going to leave us or forsake us. We renounce the lie that our acceptance in your kingdom and our 
being preserved in your kingdom family is based on our ability to perform and do the right thing. We renounce the lie that we have to earn our place in your family. We forgive our parents who rejected us when we made mistakes and made us feel like we didn't deserve a place in the family if we made mistakes. We forgive them for misrepresenting you. We renounce the lie that we're going to be unwanted by you if we struggle and screw up and if we don't bear fruit, Lord. We just pray that you'd expose any fear in our hearts, any fear of rejection, of abandonment. And we just declare that no matter what we do or don't do, that you're still our Father, you still want us, you still love us. We renounce the lie that we have to earn your love. The word says, while we were yet sinners, Jesus died for the ungodly. While we were enemies, you loved us, you chose us, you wanted us. And the promise that the good work you began in us, that you are going to be faithful to complete. Lord, so we just look away from ourselves and our performance. And we look to your love and grace, your unconditional love that's based on your character and who you are and not on our abilities. And we just renounce a lie that you're ashamed of us when we make mistakes, when we fall short. We renounce a lie that we have to be ashamed of our struggles. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore no, now no, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So we declare we have a clean slate, that we are wanted, that we are yours, that you'll never leave us or forsake us. In Jesus' name. I'm going to speak the benediction of the Lord over all of us. Maybe you didn't raise your hand this morning. You still get the benefit of all the prayers. You just take it in. And this may have uncovered something that's going to uh, be open now for the next few days. It'd be a good idea to continue to be on the receiving end. In fact, I'm going to ask uh, Mike and Susan and Bob and any of the others who do prayer ministry, if you'd be available here for others if they want to receive more prayer. One prayer is great. Two prayers is even greater. I told you last week that I used to go up for prayer and then I'd go to the other end and, and get more prayer on that line because I wanted to get all the prayer I could get. So feel free to receive more after. It's not saying that what happened didn't affect. It's saying that it did affect and you just want to keep going for it. That's a good thing. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. During lunch, I'm just going to ask that if there are any men that or would like um, men's gathering, that you just connect with me. Maybe we could talk together during lunch. We do have a potluck today. You can stay uh, here and eat with us together. So the uh, message I'm going to bring is going gonna, is gonna to really tie well with this uh, next week on uh, breaking strongholds in our life. So we're going to continue with a, a similar theme and uh, now receive the Lord's blessing and his benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
during that benediction, I felt the Lord spoke to me and said that some of you here that have had extra pain, the Lord didn't cause that, but he wants to use it and make you mighty to fight for those who have pain. And so why would Bob have incredible pain? Well, I'm sorry that he did, but already God's used it, him in a remarkable way to touch many people at Communitas and Lydia House. So God is using what Satan tried to use to destroy him. So if you feel like you've had more pain than most, God is going to make good out of that and use you to fight for people who have pain. So it's, so that it doesn't become a loss. He, he actually overthrows the enemy. Bless the Lord for that.